Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you for opening your house to us, the Express Church Experience, coming to us uh, in your car. I know folks listen to it in their car, whether working out, at work, wherever you experience uh, this fellowship together, we just thank you for joining us. And we are in the week of Christmas, so I just want to say to everybody who's listening today, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And 2020 has even changed Christmas. For the past 10 years, Marla and I had a Christmas tradition. We would go to Desert Mountain Bible Fellowship in Chandler, Arizona, and we would listen to some great Christmas songs. And then we were I was honored to be able to present the Christmas message. This year, COVID-19 closed the uh, church down. And so I ask that you keep Desert Mountain Bible Fellowship and the church there and the people in that community. And we ask that you keep them in prayer. But we've been fortunate and, and we started in March when the pandemic came and we said God's word cannot be chained. That's uh, what the Apostle Paul said. And that's the theme that we've had at the Express Church experience when we started it in March. We started it so that people who could not leave their house were studying, isolated, would have an opportunity to fellowship through this uh, video channel. And we want to thank Jeff, who each week, each Sunday, since the pandemic started in March, has opened up his recording studio, Blue Exit Audio, and we ask that you keep him and Jeff, his, his wife, and the children in your prayers as well. When I prepare a Christmas message, what I like to do is I like to look at somebody or something that was recorded in the birth of Jesus accounts. In one year, I did a message called Have a Mary's Christmas, looking at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And another time I we had one that was titled Innkeepers for Christ, and all the innkeepers would not open their doors for Jesus, but one person who had very little, he said, I don't have much, but what I have is yours, and just by giving that little bit what he had, the Savior of the world came in and transformed the entire world. We spoke about the donkey that carried the word of God. And, and carry that heavy load and our responsibility to be like the donkey carrying the heavy load. And, and one of my all-time favorite was titled, Are You a Superstar? And if you get on his YouTube channel and just ge- go back each year, you can see and hear and uh, most of those messages should still be saved on this YouTube channel. And my, well, I like the superstar because the superstar is the one who brought unbelievers to Christ. And so I had to ask myself, and I continue to ask myself, are you a superstar? So as the pandemic, and I was thinking about what message and who was there and 
how what would be fitting for this year uh, and who was the person the proper person during a pandemic during a stay in place during an isolation separation conflict confusion chaos who would be the appropriate person to talk about during this uh, Christmas season I say the best supporting role in a Christmas story 2020 and the name that came to me was was what probably most people would agree and that was Octavian Octavian and then if, if for one or two people out there who may not know who Octavian is we're going to get a little historical background and then we'll know why Octavian was the per- perfect person to talk about during this 2020 pandemic Christmas season. Octavian was the grandson of Julius Caesar's sister, grandson of Julius Caesar's sister. And Julius Caesar made Octavian his official heir. He was the one who was going to inherit the empire of Julius Caesar. The year after he made Octavian his heir, we all know that Julius Caesar was murdered, and Octavian, Mark Antony, and Marcus Aemilius Lepidus got the entire Roman Empire. They split it into three. Things should have been perfect. Then what happened was Octavian went to Lepidus, who was a general. Mark Antony was a general of Julius Caesar and said, well, I'm having this uprising in the land that I was given to me, and I need your help. Lepidus came in, put down the uprising, and he said, this is some good place. I think I'm going to put this as part of my kingdom. Then he became got contentious with Octavian. Octavian joined with Mark Antony, put down Lepidus, and moved him out of the way. So now we got the kingdom split in half. One half to Mark Antony, one half to Octavian. You would think that that would have been good enough, each man having half but that wasn't good enough. They wanted the whole thing. And as I was thinking about Octavian and the mentality of Octavian, particularly as it relates to the Christmas season, the words that Jesus spoke, the words that Jesus spoke that were recorded in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 and 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 15. Jesus is is speaking to a large crowd and someone from the crowd yells out, Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or an arbitrator between you? Then Jesus said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. And then Jesus made a statement that I think is most appropriate for the Christmas season. Jesus said, a person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And and Christmas is a time to remember Jesus' words that life value is not in the abundance of our possessions. Life Uh, abundance comes with how you share love with your family and your friends. Abundance comes when you give to those who have less and are unfortunate as we call them. Abundance comes 
on how you care for the sick, how you treat the elderly. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. Abundance comes with how you treat the orphan and the little children. Abundance comes on what you give back to your community. Abundance comes with how you're building God's kingdom on earth. Abundance comes on how you bring souls to the kingdom of God. Abundance is, is knowing and having a relationship and, and experiencing the fullness of glory that comes from knowing Christ Jesus. That is the greatest abundance that there is. And when you have this abundance, that's where you create legacy. That's where you transform families. That's where you transform communities. That's how the world can be changed. And that's the example that Jesus came when he came to the earth on that first Christmas morning. And that's what, how, we should be, how we should be looking. That's how our mentality should be during this Christmas season. We should be, have a Christmas season that understanding that it's not only giving of gifts, but it's also giving of your time, giving of your talent, sharing the, the message of love, sharing a message of encouragement, sharing a message of hope, particularly in this 2020 pandemic season where we're isolated, where we're separated, where people feel that, that they're not joined together. We should be in a situation where we're thinking about what is the abundance that we can give from, from us to somebody else? What can we give in 2020 when too many people are saying, this is the worst year of my life? Are we going to be like Octavian and say half isn't good enough? I don't, know, I don't just want what I have, but I want what somebody else has. Are we going to be like Mark Antony? When you look, look around and you see that maybe somebody wants what I have, I got to stand up and fight for what I have. I got to, when I'm standing up fighting for what I have, I might as well go and take what Octavian has. Or are we going to be like Jesus and get, follow his example where he said that our life is not based on material things? Octavian and Mark Anthony continued to be rivals and then Mark Anthony came up with this great idea that he would join Cleopatra from Egypt and together they would rule the world but they underestimated Octavian in his army Octavian defeated both Mark Anthony and Cleopatra the combined forces of them why is that important during this Christmas season because Mark uh, Octavian had the opportunity at that point, now that he was the ruler, to bring peace, to bring calm, to show humility during the season when he got the entire Roman Empire. But instead, what did Octavian do? Octavian changed his name, required all the people to call him Caesar Augustus. And Caesar means emperor or ruler, and Augustus means exalted or sacred. And so after he, he won the entire kingdom, put down all the dissension it, that, that was going on, took two-thirds of the kingdom when he was only supposed to have one-third, he demanded that people call him the exalted emperor. And during this period of time of war and unrest were going rampant, cities and towns were destroyed, land was abandoned, robbers and thieves uh, went unregulated and undeterred. 
and I was reading about Octavian and then I was looking at some of the stories in the Bible and, and some of the things that Jesus said it has a greater historical context when you put into account what Octavian uh, uh, did, Augustus Caesar did. When you start looking at how Jesus was talking about a house of prayer, but you turned it into a den of thieves. And as you look at the Good Samaritan story, how the Good Samaritan ran upon people who were robbers and they beat him. And you look at various different stories like that. That's the environment that Jesus was li look, living in. They were living in a place with high decadence and sexual immorality was flourishing. One historic historian said, the men who lost their economic footing and their moral stability. They lost their economic stability, their economic footing and their moral stability. And that's what the, what the world looked like in the time of Augustus Caesar. At a time when Augustus Caesar realized that he needed more. He still wasn't satisfied with what, with what he had. And there was a conflict. The people were, at that point were looking for a savior. The Gentiles wanted somebody to save them from the tyranny that Augustus Caesar and the emperors and his people were putting upon them. And God's chosen people were looking for a savior to get the Romans and their uh, immorality out of their land. And, and both sides were looking for a savior. It was the perfect environment. I hope you're trying to get the visual and you're starting to feel how, you, how it looked when uh, Augustus Caesar issued a decree that a census should be taken during, for the entire Roman world. And everybody went to his hometown to register. So Joseph also went to, from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And he went there with Mary, who was of child. And while he was there in Bethlehem, we all know what the, how the story goes. While he was there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And what I think is important about the historical context and there's, there's even more debate and theological analysis on the stories that Matthew and Luke uh, gave. And if anybody uh, wants to hear the analysis on that, uh, just send me a text or email or something, and I can talk to you about how I've reconciled the, two, uh, the story of Matthew and the story of Luke. But for the purposes here, the importance of the historical context, the reason why Octavian... I'm going to keep calling him by his regular name because I cannot define and say that anybody is the exalted ruler except for Jesus Christ himself. So when, I, when you hear me say Octavian, it's Augustus Caesar, Caesar Augustus. And what it does is what the story of the census, what it does is it puts us into a historical context and shows that the birth of Jesus is true. It's different from the story of Santa Claus. It's different from the story of Zeus and Apollo. It's different from the stories of Superman or Batman. Luke's account lets us know that these events are real. What is real is that while Jesus was being born, 
there were shepherds in a field tending to their, their flock at night. Get the picture. We got all this chaos that Octavian caused. Marauders and, and robbers and murderers and land desolated and burnt down because of war. And then you had these shepherds whose whole life was to live in the field nearby, keeping watch of their flock. I call it on a silent night. On that silent night, nothing was happening that night. There was no war, no, no killing going on on that night. But an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shined on them. And I'm hoping that you feel it. The angel of the Lord appeared, and the Lord's uh, shined on them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, and I hope that the, you hear the angel talking to the shepherd. And during this pandemic season, I hope you hear the angel saying the same words to you this Christmas season. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. I hope you hear that. The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born unto you and he is Christ the Lord. The message for today is simply titled, Unto You. Today, in the town of David, a Savior is born unto you. He is Christ the Lord. And later, if you, when you go back and you read Luke, and you see that the shepherds went and they found Jesus, and they told Mary what the angels told them, that that and how the glory of God shined on him in the darkness on that dark, silent night. That silent night became a holy night. And when all seemed calm, the heavenly host appeared, singing hallelujah, Jesus Christ, the Savior is born. Jesus Christ, the Savior is born. And I hope that you, it, it should send chills down your spine when you feel how that was going on that time and you put it in the historical context and you understand the reality of that glorious day. It should send chills down your spine, especially if you're in a time of fear and you're in a time of sorrow and you're in a time of worry. A savior has been born unto you. That should make you happy. I rest in the hope. I rest in the hopes of what the, the shepherds saw, the signs that the angel gave. I rest in the hope of what Luke recorded. Luke recorded a historical context. I want you to understand this because I'm going to go off into a different section for a second. Luke recorded the historical context. But 1 John 4 recorded the reason. I want everybody to hear what, what I just said. Luke recorded the, one of the greatest historical events. But 1 John 4 recorded the reason. 1 John 4, 9. 1 John 4, verse 9, says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We have the historical context, what was going on with Octavian, how he changed his name to Augustus Caesar, 
how he needed more money. He said, I need to get a census so I know who's under my rule, so I can figure out how to rule him, how to tax him, how to get more money, how to pay for my, my military so that I can keep pushing down any unrest that happens, how I can get more money so I can buy more things for my own self because in my own mind, Octavian's saying, I am the exalted emperor and as the exalted emperor, I need to get more, more things for myself. He was contrary to what Jesus said, that that a person's life is not measured by the abundance of their possessions. I wish Octavian would have understood that then. I wish people in the United States would understand that now. When people are worried, I might be losing this because of the pandemic. As long as you got the love of Christ going through you, you haven't lost much. As long as you have family and friends that love you, you haven't lost much. The possessions come, the possessions go, they deteriorate, but your legacy will last forever. I flipped off on a, on, a, on a side point right there, so let me get back on before Jeff turns the lights on. We need to remember that unto you, a child is born, born out of love, born to remove anything that hinders your ability to love. This uh, Christmas season, I'm going to call it the pandemic Christmas season. We are uh, unto us, unto you, unto me. A child is born. A child is born out of love so that we can live through him, so we can live through love because love covers a multitude of sins. I'm still in 1 John 4. 1 John 4, it says, but perfect love drives out fear. I want you to understand that. Perfect love drives out fear. So now we take back to the birth of Jesus. Unto you, a child is born. So that you can, and then 1 John 4 says that love was, was born unto you so that you can live through it. And how do you live through it? Once you have it uh, controlling your life, there is no fear, but perfect love drives out that fear. In 2020, where many people say it's the worst year of your life, our response should be to them. Unto you, a child is born born so that you can live through him live with the power and the strength that comes from almighty God live with the hope that comes from knowing him live with the encouragement that, that comes from him live through him and that should give you hope in a time that's just like what Octavian created if we look at what happened with Octavian I always like to look at it and compare it to what's going on in the United States today in the time of Octavian there was strife there was governmental unrest. There were folks dying. There were folks disagreeing. There were folks in poverty. There were folks un with uncertainty. But during that time, at the time of the first Christmas, and during that time, the pandemic 2020, God sent, says, sending a word of encouragement. To, and he sent it to the common worker. The shepherd in the field was the common worker and I said that they were, were at their home office. Oh, I'm hoping that it, it, it hits home with you. The shepherds were at their home office. Their home office was a field at night where they were tending to their flock. You might be in your home office. They were in their home office having to brave the elements, having to fight off wild animals, having to fight off poachers. You might be in your home office. You don't have the same type of, of problems, but you have your own problems just like they have. 
and, in, and always wanting the same thing that they wanted at that time. They wanted things to get back to normal, things to get back to before Octavian caused all sorts of havoc into the land. They, they wanted to get things back to normal. They wanted to get rid of the confusion and the uncertainty. And I'm asking you here, is that you today? Are you looking for the confusion and the uncertainty to go away? If you are, then I'll, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to meditate on arguably the two most important, the two most important word phrase in the Bible. Unto you. For each person individually, Jesus Christ was born. Luke said, in Luke chapter 2, God said, unto you, a child is born. And uh, if you listen to my past messages, what I always like to do when I read the Bible and I see the word you in there, I always like to put my name next to it. If you look at the title of the message that's posted on, on the YouTube channel, you see the in parentheses, unto you in, in a space so that you can insert your name to make sure that you understand that the Bible is speaking personally to you to give you hope, to give you encouragement, to give you wisdom. Unto you, a child is born. So I'm going to tell you how I read that. Unto you, Stephen, a child is born. I'm going to say it one more time to give you an opportunity to put your name in there, just like I put my name in there. Make the, make the God's word personal to you. Unto you, Stephen, a child is born. A child was born. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. Unto you for your benefit. And that's such an important statement. So that we, 2,000 years later, know that Jesus was born. We got the historical context. 2,000 years later, we have the reason. But then that same 2,000, we can't forget the third part, that Jesus came unto you, unto you during your sickness, unto you when coronavirus takes your health, unto you when sickness takes your loved one, unto you in uncertainty, unto you in job loss, unto you when an Octavian-type situation happens in your life, wreaking havoc and chaos, unto you, Stephen, a child is born. The child will be called a wonderful counselor. I'm wondering if anybody needs some counseling here today. Unto you, a child is born. He will be called mighty God. I'm wondering if anybody needs a mighty God right now during this pandemic. Unto you, a child is born. He will be called everlasting father and prince of peace. That is the child that was born on Christmas morning. That was the child that was born unto you. That's the child that was born so that you can live through him. A child was born unto you to redeem you, to restore your hope, to restore your joy, and to restore your strength. I'm hoping that somebody gets excited. I was putting this message together, and I started just getting more and more and more excited. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I went into the closet so I can keep things dark in the, in the room so I didn't wake Marla up. I read the message again. I got excited again. Unto you, a child is born. A child is born with the promise that he will save you. Unto you, a child is born. A child is born to fight your battles. Unto you, a child is born to perform miracles in your life. 
unto you this those words are so important, so powerful, life-changing if you accept them as true. Unto you a child is born. And I, I can look back on my life, and I'm sure a number of folks can look back on their life and know when they forget those words, forget that as their focus, things start going bad. Things start going bad. But when I remember that unto you, Stephen, God came to the earth in his only begotten son. The word became flesh and dwelled among us and let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare for the coming of the Lord. Let every eye get fixed on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. This is what God's holy word is telling us. So I don't know why we're sitting in an Octavian-type situation, a pandemic 2020, when in fact unto you a child is born, and that child is, is there to have you live a life more abundantly. That should, be the, that should be the faith that you have. That should be the faith should get you excited. When the angel came to Mary, told her that unto you, a child's going to be born. You will call him Emmanuel. What did Mary do? Mary got excited. She started singing. We should have the same faith. We should be ready to proclaim his glory like the, like the shepherds did. If you look at Luke 2, finishing the story, after the, the shepherds, saw Jesus, they went back, proclaimed his glory, told everybody they could tell what God did for them, what they witnessed. I'm wondering how come people haven't telling folks who are trying to say 2020 is the worst year of their life. You should be saying the glory of God when I was in trouble shined on me. You should be saying I had bad years and this is what God did for me. He took me out. As, as we all say, he brought me a mighty long way. That should be our hope when we look at Jesus Christ being a child born unto me, born for my benefit. Jesus was born because he loves me. Jesus was born to give me peace. Jesus was born to give me hope in difficult times. Jesus was born so I have something to cling to, to cling to as 2020 comes to an end, if anybody's struggling that you know, you should ask them the question, do you believe? Just ask them that question, do you believe that unto you, personally, a child was born? If somebody's telling you 2020 is the worst year they ever have, you should ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ wants you, to, wants you to live through him. And I can guarantee you, if somebody's saying 2020 is the worst year of their life, they've lost focus or never believed. They lost focus or never believed. They forgot to realize and stop focusing on the glory of God in the midst of trouble, in the midst of an Octavian-type world. But what we need to do is we, as people of God, have a great opportunity because when people are struggling and suffering, that's when they're most open to receiving words of encouragement and words of hope. 
Remember, the, our abundance is not made and not measured by the physical possessions we have. Our value and our abundance is measured by how many people we can share the love of God with. There's a whole lot of folks right now who need the love of God spread on them, and they're just waiting. We're waiting. God's looking at us, trying to see if our abundance and for the kingdom of God is going to grow during a pandemic. Telling people that there is a God who loves them, a God who knows their name, a God who, before they were born, he knitted them in their mother's womb, a God who knows and can count and, and define every hair on their head, a God who knows and plans their future, a future not to harm them, but to prosper them, a God who knows that the devil is here to seek, steal, and destroy, but that's not the God we have. That's the Octavian-type God. Our God is the God who wants us to live life and life more abundantly. Our God is, the, is not the God who the shepherds is the God who the shepherds saw. Our God is not only that is not only who the shepherds saw, but our God is the good shepherd. I messed that all up. It sounded really good when I said it the first time. Our God is the good shepherd. Our God is the one who's going to be on that in that field, watching and tending to the sheep at night. Us being the sheep at night, we know we should know that God is there. He's going to protect us. He has a plan for us. And we need to cling to the two-word phrase and keep it into perspective. Unto you, a child is born. And, I, I, and as I'm getting ready to close here, I had a conversation. And if this is the first time you're seeing this, I have a brother who's a doctor. And he's delivered babies over the course of 40 years of his career. And I asked him yesterday, I said, what, does, what is the reaction of someone when they receive the word of those two words, the, the, when they receive those two words, unto you. And I said, he said, it is almost always one of joy. It is always one of joy. And if you focus in and say, unto you, a child is born. I asked the bishop, my bishop, he sent me back one line. How did, what was your reaction? When, you, when your first child was born. And I looked, I remember, it was one of joy. I had the same reaction that Doc said hundreds of, of parents have had. And then I, I asked the, the doctor as we were talking, how do you feel when you receive an unexpected and an undeserved gift? How does that make you feel? It, you, it makes you, gives you joy and amazement. It makes you understand and question why did you receive that gift because you didn't deserve it? The greatest joy comes from receiving a gift that you didn't deserve and that you didn't expect the surprise, the joy, the thankfulness, and the gratitude. That's how we should be approaching this Christmas season with a new found joy and a new found gift of, of thanksgiving and a new gratitude because we understand that unto you, Stephen, unto you, put your name in there today. A child is born, and he is the Savior. A child is born, he loves you. A child is born, he wants to protect you. A child is born, he's looking out after you. 
A child is born. He's trying to give you hope. A child is born. He wants to give you encouragement. A child is born. He wants to increase your faith. A child is born. He wants to have, give you joy. He wants to give you that same type of joy you have when a child is born. That same type of joy you get when you get the unexpected, undeserved gift. And the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, is an undeserved and unexpected gift. It isn't something that we earned or something that, that, that was uh, like a paycheck. This was a gift from God, from the love of God. And that is the reason for this season. I put it on there, the season to give unexpectedly to others. If you're struggling in 2020, is you claim is the worst year of your life, then God is, is ready for you. God is ready for you to give unexpectedly to others, to, to send a message to anybody that unto you a child is born and unto you he wants you to feel his love and to have, his, have your joy restored. I'm hoping that you cling to God's holy word and receive the joy of the Lord and have that be your strength during this Christmas season. Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.